podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Did you know that yearly Medicaid renewals will start again soon? This means millions of people who were enrolled in Medicaid during the pandemic may no longer be eligible for coverage. If this may impact you, the good news is you have options. Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield can help answer your questions so you can find an affordable health plan for you and your family. We want you to feel confident you're covered. Click to learn more. Policy exclusions and limitations apply. Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield is the trade name of Anthem Health Plans, Inc., This is a Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes, and today I'm delighted to be joined by JP Mason. Uh, unfortunately, you weren't here last week, JP. You were busy with your day job. How did that go? Uh, well, I mean, I'm always a bit reticent to say stuff about that because people go, oh, look at him talking about his job and oh, dropping names and all that. It's just my job, and it just happens to be something that I love. So, yeah, we. Our company did a festival in Edinburgh called Connect, and it was um, it was one of the best weekends of my life, without a shadow of a doubt. It was um, it was you know everything that I won at a festival. Part of me wished I'd been there as a punter, but you know when you're meeting and getting to ch- chat to some of your favourite acts like Caribou and you know Mogwai and the National, and obviously I, I know the Twilight Sad guys, so that was. Um, you know, not anything new in terms of uh, seeing them, but it was just amazing. Like the, the atmosphere was brilliant. People had a great, great time. And, you know, it's something that Scotland's been missing for a while, a festival of, of that ilk. And yeah. obviously Connect first existed in 2007 and eight down in Inverary. And then it's been on a 14-year hiatus. Um, but it was amazing to see it back. And, you know, Chemical Brothers and... Uh, John Hopkins and all that as well. It's just and and the site as well. People, a lot of people were skeptical about the site being next to the airport, but everyone left raving about it. So it was really really good and uh, knackering. But I mean, I checked my. I don't normally check my steps. But somebody said when I hobbled into the hotel bar on the Friday night, have you checked your steps? And I was like, oh, is that that button the red the red heart? And I clicked it and I was like. 33,000 and they were everyone's faces just kind of dropped and they're like that's nearly 15 miles so wow uh, uh, in one day <laughs> 
So incredible! I'll tell you, I've, I've been driving past that site every single day coming at the studio, um, and it's that kind of music. I, you know, my music taste, JP, that I would have yeah. loved. But obviously, things like uh, social events and that have been at a bare minimum uh, in recent times because things have been a wee bit busy. This uh, neck of the woods, mm. um, obviously, with the the studio, a Celtic state of mind. And the fact that a new book's coming out, and in that new book will include that jersey that's over your right shoulder, um, which is our latest third effort. What do you make of that? I like it. I, I, I when I saw the little sort of uh, glimpses of it, you know, in the teasers, I kind of thought that looks like it could be smart. And then when they did the review, I was like, yeah, I'm into it. And I know when you get it without the sponsor, it kind of does look like a training top, but. Uh, I I don't know. I just I like it. I, I wonder how often we'll wear it, if ever. <laughs> it's one of I those know. ones that just like you know, it might get one or two errands in the season, but um, and then it will just become like a kind of anomaly Celtic top. There's been plenty of them. There, there definitely has been. By the way, I've just noticed there's a reflection on uh, the primal scream. Uh, poster that's framed behind me that isn't any kind of images you don't really want to see it's not like someone's watching something they shouldn't be that's just a wee edit that's happening but in case that is bothering you I'll just move that around there a wee bit uh, but it's nothing dodgy that's what I'm trying to say DOP nobody in the studio is watching something they shouldn't be I hope um, but yes there has been a few dodgy uh, jerseys in Celtic's time most recently I think would be the silver and pink one that we've spoken about before I've tried to convince people that it's just a it's a classic and people will come round to that way of thinking but nobody ever agrees with that but there we go third jersey will we be wearing it who knows maybe in Europe but we'll have a wee chat about that at some stage during the next hour or so JP Mason you were at the game last night um, sum it up for me I know that you've you've had a few trips up to Dingwall uh, I'm not going to start calling it dingers I've seen that I think that's a wind up on Twitter uh, and apparently in Australia dingers means something completely different yeah. anyway how was your night last night? Ah, it was good, yeah. Just uh, drove up in the car with a couple of pals. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was it's the first time I've gone up just in the car and not in the bus with, uh, you know, the, the, the cans and the bottles flying around, which is also a, an interesting way to spend the journey up to the Dingwall. But it was very... One beer in the car was 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 was, was my, my limit, and then I didn't have time to get a pint when we got up there because we got up about seven, maybe ten past seven. So with the queues to get in again, there was like pretty hefty queues to get in. They they like to make things difficult to get into a, a football ground uh, for us. It would seem maybe maybe it's not just us, maybe it's everybody, but it, it was a bit it was a bit of a rammy to get in, and then. Obviously, saw the team sheet and the nine changes, and you're mm. kind of thinking, whenever you make that many changes, you you always certainly Celtic games gone past. You know, you've all, you always think it's going to be a bit. You know, you lose that kind of rhythm, you lose the shape. Completely different centre half pairing. Um, you know, Welsh and Jens had probably never played together as a centre no, half. That's team. right. That's the first time. Um, Bernabe making his debut. Um, and you know Ralston coming in wasn't anything massively you know surprising I think most people would have predicted that um, and then the midfield you know Moy making a start probably a few eyebrows raised at that but um, by the end of the game even two of his fiercest critics in the car that I drove up with were had to concede and uh, that he had a really good game possibly man of the match contender actually I thought it was thought it was Without being flash, I thought it was just brilliant. Like really good, you know, 
simple things every time, you know, and maybe like one or two things that he did, you know, mistakes like moved passes or whatever. But I think it would be very harsh to. I've not looked at the Celtic trends or analytics guys' uh, stats on them, but I'm sure they must be quite good uh, in terms of. I don't know all the lingo that they use. I'm not criticising them. It's just I'm not, you know, I'm not familiar with the parlay. But mm. um, you know, pack passes and things like that. You know, I, I think I think he did really well from from the naked eye. From me as a fan, stand there watching the game sober. Um, he um, he he played really well, and you know, to score four goals away up there when you know that it's been a pretty tricky place to go, mm. and. You can see we've going to gradually increase our um, sort of um, performance levels, and I think Ange Postecoglou said that last night. And that you know it's gone from being a really tough place to like, well, last night we walked away four-one. Last time was three-one, so we've improved. We've improved on our last performance, but with a completely changed uh, side. And you kind of did fear for them when we went to in the first half. You're thinking. Is this going to be another mauling like Sunday? Incidentally, yeah. on Sunday I had the the Celtic Twitter notifications in my pocket because obviously I'm running about, you know, ferrying bands to stage and all the rest of it, and my phone just kept buzzing, and I was like, that can't be another goal. <laughs> can't be another goal. I'm looking down, it's like six 0 I'm like, no way. And there's still like half an hour to go or something. Is so yeah, you did fear for them last night that it was going to be a, one of them, but. Uh, and also on that, I did see a few people. Well, obviously there was a guy in Super Scoreboard that said, you know, we should have sympathy for them and we should uh, eased off. I'm sorry, but as I said, then I replied to somebody. Um, I was at Rugby Park in 2003 when we mm-hmm. lost the league in goal difference. Yeah, I've never felt as sick walking away from my ground. It was horrendous. Like only four days after Seville as well. So, you know, no no room for sentiment. You know, and. and uh, whatever, if a, if a guy loses his job as a result of it, then there's bigger prob- there was bigger problems at Dundee United than that one result, you know. Um, see the thing, JP, right? See when I hear comments like that, and obviously you, they're ridiculed online, of course they are, but when you hear comments like that, I, I, I just wonder, does that person even know football? At no point in any kind of professional sport do you think, all right, it's your shot or I'm not going to go too hard on you. It's about, mm. you know, creating something that's the best you possibly could. So mm. it, it doesn't even enter the psyche when you're, you're five or six goals up. I'm going to take the, uh, I'm going to take the foot off the pedal a bit here. What you sometimes see in sport is a bit of sportsmanship, gamesmanship, um, you know, a bit of patter and all that on the ground. But, you know, we've seen it like keep you uppies and all this kind of stuff, Jake. But, but you, you don't, um, show sympathy for, for the opponent. Absolutely not. And that, that was just, for me, looking back on seasons past where we've lost uh, league titles on goal difference and then you look at all the other results in that season and think that was the result we could have scored an extra goal or we could have you know scored a penalty or whatever it may yeah. have been, JP. So no, absolutely put them to the sword. I was wanting 10. I was wanting as many as we possibly could. And all that chat around... Uh, Celtic scoring 10 under Ange Postecoglou. It started last season. Um, there were some discussions on Axel. We're going to score 10 goals. We're going to put somebody to the sword. And I thought it was all a wee bit um, pie in the sky, to be honest. But then you see it actually materialising in front of your eyes against London United. And I've mentioned, I was at that Aberdeen game, um, the 9 nothing game, the route uh, when Mark McGee was in charge of Aberdeen. Um, I think it was 9-1 against Arbroath back in the early 90s when Danny McGrain was the manager of Arbroath. Mm-hmm. And 
So there are occasions where you get to that point and you become free scoring and you think, we've got to do it now because it doesn't happen that often. But I'm of the view, and even watching the game last night in stages, thinking we are going to you know, pick teams apart uh, this season more often than once or twice as well. The goal difference at this stage is incredible. I know last night obviously was in a cup, but it's six wins and six. Um, you started off by talking about Aaron Moy, so let, let's stick to the Aaron Moy chat before we go into some of the transfer um, gossip, which I think will come to fruition, some of it anyway, at some point today. So Aaron Moy, he's a guy who's come in with no much of a fanfare, JP, because he was unattached, he's a free transfer, so instantly he's unfashionable. But then you look at his pedigree, and he comes in with a, a very, very good CV. Um, some pundits out there are saying, you know, if he was with the club, he'd have cost you a few million quid. And I was very much on the other side of that argument. I kind of thought, well, this is a no-brainer. You know, when we were talking about him coming in, this is a no-brainer. Of course, Ange Postecoglou knows the guy. He's got elements of the beat-on in terms of his defensive play. He's got elements, some would argue that beat-on didn't have that. He's got elements of the offensive play that, that we've lost with Tommy Rogic's departure. And I think um, against Dundee United, he showed that, although he wasn't on the park for long. And then last night, he definitely showed that. I don't think he's a starter. I don't think he's a first pick. Uh, you might disagree about uh, you know the game against Rangers. He might not be a, a starter, but I tell you what, if you're looking at second 11s, and I've seen a lot of chat online, JP, and he's part of that second 11, you're confident in players like Moy coming in, Tony Ralston coming in, maybe even Benji Segrist. You're confident with these guys stepping into the berth when they're required. Yeah, I mean, like last night, I wasn't really too fussed about how many goals he scored. Obviously, you, 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 as a fan, you want to see goals, but I was more concerned with how the players that came in acquitted themselves and played, you know, uh, and certainly the majority of them. Bernabe did, you know, put a few passes astray. And all, but, I mean, that's going to happen. He's a young guy in a completely new environment, starting for a new team. You can't expect these guys to be perfect. Nobody, there's plenty of other players in Celtic's history that had, you know, fairly innocuous starts and then went on to, you know, like Greg Taylor, for example, Greg, you know, everyone's sort of now accepting Greg Taylor as, you know, a good player as opposed to, you know, we need to get rid of him, ship yeah. him out. You Not know. good enough for Europe. That was always yeah, the chance, wasn't it? Yeah. So, you know, Burnaby uh, played well, but that, that was my, more my concern was that when I saw Moy was starting, I was like, right, okay, he's got he's got a starting uh, jersey. What can he do and how can he influence the game? And I just, like I said, I just thought he, he you know, really looked in complete control and was always available for a pass um, and didn't try to do anything too crazy. But he has actually got quite a good range of passing. Yeah. You know, you can see him like just bending the ball in the midfield. He'll chip it over someone's head with pretty, pretty good accuracy for someone on the other side of the pitch or whatever. And, uh, you know, likes to get a, likes to put a tackle in as well. He's, you know, he's really committed um, he's not he's not a pushover in the midfield and you know without I guess his demeanour you, you, you kind of expect him to be a kind of hard man but when you see his interviews he's quite softly spoken and he's quite sort of um, demure almost and, and you know he's not like that kind of hard man but you see last night and I know obviously people will go oh, it's only Ross County away that'll be the, the thing that they insert there to, to counter any praise that you're giving the guy but Ross County away was an obstacle that we had to overcome last night. And yeah. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. 
But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. We had, a, we had a team and a player in him that was able to do that. So we move on to the next challenge, which is obviously Rangers. But with regards to the midfield for Saturday, I, I didn't see the game in its entirety on Sunday. I saw the highlights, which were essentially the goals. You know, I mean, there were so many goals. There was not really a lot of room probably in the highlights package to fit in how, you know, general play or whatever. But I've asked a few people, everyone was raving about O'Reilly on Sunday saying he was yeah. the, the standout. And I was like, was O'Reilly as good as he was made out to be? And for like, yeah, but Hatate was also a, a total standout. So I don't think you can see by that midfield of McGregor, Hatate and O'Reilly for Saturday. I mean, I agree with that. And, uh, I wasn't uh, having a dig at O'Reilly last week, but I did say prior to the Dundee United game, and um, it did it was the cause of some derision in the comments that O'Reilly hadn't hit the heights of last season. Mm. With uh, obviously the the footnote being that you know we've only got a few games on the board so far. JP goes out and plays an absolute you know storming performance against Dundee United, but like you said there, Hatati as well. Um, who by the way I think and I've said this a, a few times he seems really lean he's obviously you know benefited from the regime that he's got with the pre-season under his belt um, and he looks like he means business as well I'm really keen to bring in as many comments as possible from those getting involved in the chat on YouTube Paul McLean McCarthy to Stoke also to be honest sounds like a good move and don't see Celtic being difficult about it um, I'm not sure I'm not sure about that because um, obviously there is also talk about Mikey Johnson departing um, we will have to keep a quota of Scottish-born players at the club as well. So I was kind of the view, JP, that if McCarthy does go, then, sorry, if Johnston does go, McCarthy stays. And uh, that that's the kind of way I'm looking at it. I might be wrong. Uh, we will have a wee chat about Mikey Johnston and also um, our new incoming player and Oliver Abelgaard, uh, whose name will ring off the tongue within a few weeks, the more and more we talk about him. Uh, the Godfather also on uh, YouTube. If you are watching us on YouTube and you haven't subscribed to our channel, hit subscribe. We go out every single day uh, on a Celtic State of Mind weekday, that is. And every game we cover before, during and after the match as well. We also upload fully produced video features onto the channel. If you're into football, music and culture, this sounds like a script. It's not. I'm just making yeah. it up as I go. Um, then subscribe to the channel. It's free. And the subscription um, figure is sitting at 19.4 thousand. I just had a wee look at my whiteboard up there. We still do things old school in the studio, JP. 19.4 thousand. We want to get 20,000 ASAP. The Godfather says hopefully get a striker in to replace a Yeti. We will be talking about a Yeti and any other possible moves in and out of Celtic Park. Alan Boyne. Uh, that could be the surprise signing a striker late in the window, says Alan. With regards to a potential striker, JP, the fact that Ayeti has left the building, I was I was saying that we still needed a central defensive midfielder and a striker. Um, but the more people tell me that uh, you know you've got Abada who can play there, Maeda who can play through the middle, you start thinking to yourself, could we run with what we've got up top? What's your take on that now that Ayeti has left? I I was well. I mean, Haksabanovic kind of came out of nowhere, nowhere 
and he can play through the middle as well. So, I mean, he's been given the number nine. I know that mm. doesn't necessarily mean anything, but, you know, he looked good last night. I know, again, only, you know, only Ross County away, we were 3-1 up or whatever when he came on. Um, but he looked looked confident, you know. He's 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 definitely uh, he's definitely got, you know, uh, pace to burn. And he's, you know, he's, as he said in his presser, he's like, he likes likes tricks as well. But, I mean, he just, he just looks... Straight away, he looked like an intelligent football yeah. player. Mm-hmm. Um, you can usually sort of tell, and, and we have been able to tell in the past when you see players straight away. And well, actually, we said that about Bio, um, and now he's. I remember people saying, you know, Bio looks a player, and he's, he's just scored the winner <laughs> for Watford at the weekend. And I, know. I don't know what his price is. Do you see also? Do you see how that how much that um, uh, Umar Sadiq has gone for? The guy that was in. Twenty million. The guy that the guy that was at Rangers. Twenty That's million. Incredible. And incredible. he was deemed a flop at, at, at their club. And mm. I don't know. And see Shved signed for Shakhtar Donetsk. I did. How much was the fee there? Any any know, fee given? It was undisclosed, but uh, as several people have pointed out this morning, he's an absolute shoe in to score against us, isn't he? Like uh, <laughs> of course of course he is. Like we, we just have a a knack of these players that we either have signed or had in our books or nearly signed, and they come back and and uh, haunt us. Remember, Bratback did it. Rosenberg. Oh, I, I, that was horrible. That was. Mm-hmm. Ho- I remember watching that game in the international bar in Bistro, in Tollcross, Edinburgh, and uh, uh, it was it was a grim, grim night. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think striker wise, probably there will. I mean, I don't know. I'm not privy to anything, but I, you, with Postacoglu's kind of uh, veiled uh, hints last night in his post-match, you, you got kind of get the feeling that there's more than one thing happening. Mm-hmm. Um, like when you see so many people going out, I say so many people, Mikey Johnston, Albion Yeti, that is weakening the squad depth. Um, but the, the, a striker coming in, it's a, it's a hard... It's a hard sell for somebody because they're not getting ahead of Kyogo or uh, Giacomakis, you know. <laughs> so that's that immediately. But when Giacomakis banged into that guy last night and went down and was down for a while, you'd immediately go and right if he's injured, and he did look like he was going to go off injured. That when he when he hobbled over, I don't know if you saw it in the in the in the telly, but like he was proper hobbling mm-hmm. over at the sidelines. And I, I was expecting the board to go up and him to be taken off. And then you go, right, well, if he's off injured, say he's out for a month or six weeks or something like that, that leaves us with Kyogo yeah. up front, really, as the ident- as an identified striker. Hey. So, and that's you know. where we were in December, uh, the Boxing Day game against St. Johnson away, JP, yeah. and uh, we, we ended up rushing back Kyogo. He wasn't fit, and he ends up, you know, uh, a reoccurring injury. And we had to bring on Joey Dawson. And I think that's where my whole point came with regards to if a Yeti leaves, we need to bring in a striker. So we don't have that scenario again. Uh, Johnny Kenny's away out on loan. I'm not saying he was an option anyway. He's a bit younger, maybe not ready for the first team. But it shows the, the lack of uh, depth in that particular position. But we've got other players who can step in. But it was interesting that you brought up Yakima because you've already told us in midfield for for the game uh, and we'll probably do this in, in kind of stages I agree with you on the midfield selection of Atate O'Reilly and McGregor 
which basically means that I'm refusing to believe someone like O'Reilly is going to leave today. That's not happening. Mm. Uh, absolutely no chance should that be happening or will that happen. Let's be positive. Um, but talking about uh, a new striker coming in, it's only because we've been able to do the the um, outgoings that we, we've been kind of crying out for. And if you look at the outgoings so far this pre-season, in one transfer window, uh, JP, we have managed to um, rid ourselves of not all the wages, but part of the wages for quite a few players who were on big earnings and also other guys who simply were not contributing. So if someone was to say at the beginning of the window that we'd be able to get rid of and and shell out Barkas uh, for a kickoff, followed by Soro, Bolingoli and uh, Julien and Ayeti, with potentially Mikey Johnson to follow, I think you would be absolutely delighted with that in terms of the business and the outgoings. Let's not talk about the legacy of where that leaves us on a financial level if we compare what we've actually put out for these players compared to what we bring in because, you know, uh, Bolingoli and Julian have left. Who knows how much we got in for them, but probably under a million each. Um, so we've lost a lot of money on these deals, but we had to get these guys out. So what you were saying is right. Um, sometimes you think about lack of depth or we've, we've trimmed the squad we've got really players that were not contributing and everybody we're bringing in is contributing to the squad and I think that has been an incredible achievement in one window particularly if we were able to move on Mikey Johnson as well how impressive has the recruitment been since Andrew's come in JP it's night and day um, isn't it I mean <laughs> it's up there with the best I've ever seen in my life time as a Celtic fan in terms of you know, everyone coming in seems to, you know, be sound, which is obviously a, a key component of Ange Postecoglou's, you know, criteria for signing a player. You need to be sound, you know. Mm-hmm. Can he be somebody that's going to, you know, rock the boat in any way and he makes that judgment on a player? And you can see the the togetherness. Like last night, you know, it was great. It was right in front of me. It's been shared online now um, Jota and I think it's Hatati and they're like clapping along with the new Bella Chow Celtic song and you know just Juranovic as well just playfully kicking Jota up the, the rear as they're walking in to celebrate with the team after the, uh, the full time whistle and everybody celebrating together uh, but that, that's, that's great to see and yeah, I mean the 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 the, the transfers out the way like Julian going, and I know that it it feels like we've taken a massive hit on him, and we have ultimately because he's been here for what three years. We bought him for seven million or whatever, and we've sold him for a million. And but I think you've got to factor in his injury in that. Like, mm. there's a, I don't think there's any way we would have been selling Julian for a million quid had that injury not taken place. You know, I think he would have been playing. For a start, he would, have prob- he would have probably played a lot more under Postacoglu, but how can you just jettison guys that have done well for you to accommodate a guy that did well three years ago? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It, you know, it's, 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 it's a kind of past memory now that Julien was a good player for Celtic. He, he, I mean, I heard he's picked up a knock already for Montpellier, so, you know... Um, I, I think I think we, we we had to move on from that, and the mm-hmm. ball and volley thing was just a complete and utter disaster. I don't know who put their name to that signing, but I mean, I never ever saw anything from that guy to suggest to me that he was a good footballer. You know, 
airplane ride in the middle of COVID aside, that guy didn't do it. I mean, I, that game... Good choice of words. Aye, <laughs> well, aye. Metaphorical airplane <laughs> ride. Aye, um, but his his uh, game against Rangers at Celtic Park, and I forget which one, it might have been the one where they beat us 2-1 just before, just after Christmas. The one when Gerard gave it, they gave it the big e hat, the camera. Yeah, yeah. Ball and golly was horrendous in that game. Like, was again, that the game where Ryan Christie missed the penalty? I think, it was, I think so. Yeah, yeah, if, yeah. from memory, yeah. Um, I think it was the Ryan Kent uh, goal one where he kind of just scooped it in from a corner. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, at Ball and golly, never ever did anything to to suggest to me that he was worth been anywhere near that Celtic team. But yet there was this chain of thought from some people in the Celtic support that he was the best left back that we had at the club. And you're like, nah, nah. I mean, Greg Taylor's proved that he is, for now, the best left back at the club and will definitely start on Saturday in our biggest game of the season so far and will very likely start against, I can't believe I'm saying this, the European champions on Tuesday. Like, that is... For for me, as a Celtic fan of well, I mean I'm 42. Celtic haven't played Real Madrid for 42 years in competitive competition, so it's the one big thing that I've wanted to see. And I can't believe that it's five years since we've played in the Champions League, and our first game back is against them. Mm-hmm. I can only begin to imagine the atmosphere on Tuesday because if it had been Leipzig or Shakhtar, obviously it would still would have been good. But the fact that it's against them is completely and utterly insane. So, yeah. Well, it, it kind of all feeds into this journey that we're on with Ange. And I don't mean to sound kind of cliched, but it certainly has been uh, something of a journey. And when we're talking about these players that we've shelled out, compared to the guys that we've come in, that have come in, JP, and we'll be talking about quite a few of them as the show progresses, it does show you that it's been night and day since Ange arrived at Celtic. And uh, I know you know a few people in and around the place and we've been doing a wee project up there in relation to the Celtic jerseys whereby I've been up there a couple of times, I'll be up there next week and the people that work for the club are telling you that the whole club, the whole mood around the club has changed since Ange Postacoglu came in and Mm. that's people who don't work in the football department who don't work day to day with these people yet the whole vibe, the atmosphere Um, and I've got to go back to this because remember we always banged on about the culture at Celtic. Something's got to change. And it sounds as though he has implemented a culture at Celtic Football Club. And it's not just the guys that he's picking uh, for the game. Uh, it's it's actually permeated through all the, the departments at Celtic. And for one man to do that is, is quite incredible. It actually harks back to like an old school management style. Uh, and I've spoke to a lot of people who played in the 60s and the 70s and they spoke about managers, JP, who managed the club, not just the team. Mm. And, you know, the names are obviously guys like Jock Steen, Brian Clough, Don Revy, Bill Shankly. And it wasn't just about the guys that they put on the park. They managed the whole club. And it's almost as if Ange Postacoglu's had that influence since he came into Celtic. Um, I mean, the way that uh, he has bridged the gap between the manager and the fans, because I, I kind of felt that that had fragmented over a period of time. We don't talk so much about the board or any issues at the board, and it's all connected, JP. We talk about the football, the entertainment, um, 
new players coming in, getting rid of the old wood. We wish them all the best, all these players leaving the club. Uh, there's no doubt Albina Yeti is a, is a very talented footballer. It just not happened at Celtic. And you hope he goes and scores a bag of the goals and gets a move permanently. I mean, he will. There's no doubt about it. That's the, 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 usual, the usual from anything, anybody that leaves Celtic. They go out and suddenly start, you know, tearing up trees where they go. But, I mean, it just... Hopefully Shred isn't one of these guys. Like, I will, no, I definitely, definitely don't want to see him doing anything uh, unless it's against Real Madrid <laughs> and Leipzig. Um, he can save his performance. Aye, do, do us a favour, wee man. Do us a favour. <laughs> totally, but see, see on Postacoglu, I watched that. Um, I'm sure everybody has, but um, I watched that interview with um, Cy Ferry and, and Paul Slane. You know, mm-hmm. got, like, he's, he's becoming a resident on their show because he keeps winning Manager of the Month. Uh, and, and obviously manager of the year as well but no bad I bit wa- of access no bad bit of access to Ange I know I, I watched that and, and I, I genuinely was like how could anybody not like that guy like I know. if you're a fan of like whoever Rangers whoever I don't know how you could watch that and be like you know he's well, I was going to say a swear word there but he's uh, some so and so right because he's just sound like he's just like he's, he's like you say he's proper old school and when he talked about um, somebody clipped this actually, and they talked about the the signing policy and how he had to say to one of his best mates when he was a coach at a club that it would be in his in- his best interest to retire. And he, mm-hmm. you know, this is one of his best mates that are sitting across the table from him, and he just pushed sentiment out of the way and was like, "No, if if this club's going to go forward, it's got to go forward without without you." And the guy like fell out with him for a bit. But they're mates again now, and that's it. But I just think there's probably a lot of that going on that, that didn't happen like that at Celtic, whereby sentiment was was uh, pri- priority rather than the football club. JP, or the football team. sentiment's what kept Neil Lennon in a job. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet. Not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio is a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Probably. For much, much longer than he should have been. Probably six Mm. months longer than he should have been. And it came down to sentimentality, and I think Demet Desmond said it. You know, that a club like Celtic, they like to give Celtic people a chance. Whereas mm. what you're saying there is that there's a ruthlessness 
attached to someone like Ange Postacoglu. And there's a ruthlessness attached to Jock Steen. When you talk about uh, guys that played under him, JP, uh, and you know, and they, they, oh, they herald him as an incredible coach, man, isn't it? but they'll tell you some ruthless tales about Jock Steen. I mean, he, he thought nothing he, he dropping players, thought nothing of getting rid of players. Bobby Murdoch was 28 when he left Celtic, went mm-hmm. on to become a legend at Middlesbrough. When, when Jimmy Johnson left Celtic, you know, I think he was either 30 or 31 when Jimmy Johnson left the club. And he, he broke up the Lions very, very quickly. The, there was no room for sentiment. The one that, or the two rather, that he kept a hold of was Bobby Lennox and, and Billy McNeil, who played in... Bobby Lennox played the last time he played competitively against Real Madrid, which is astonishing. He plays in 1980, having made, uh, having made his debut in the early 60s. Talking of which, who, which Celtic player made their debut on the 27th of March 1963 away against Kilmarnock, where the score was Kilmarnock 6, Celtic 0. You were talking about introductions to Celtic not being great and not having a fanfare. Which player made their debut in that game, 1963, against Kelly in a 6-0 defeat? That's a hammering. Was that a a defender? No. No? Anything but. Anything but. Mm, uh, so, So it's obviously a striker then. Uh, I, I, I can't I can't think Wee Jinky Oh really Wee Jinky's debut 1963 Kilmanic 6 Celtic now. And he went on to have No bad career at Celtic Yeah So you're right Sometimes the introduction Of a player Isn't what you're Going to remember them for um, As I said I'm keen to get the, the comments in If you haven't subscribed already Get yourself subscribing To the channel Dr Nax Was McCarthy's cameo Against Ross County A farewell I'm not sure I really am not sure, but there is a lot of talk. There's a lot of talk about Stoke uh, being interested in him. Um, Who's just went to Stoke? Alex Mm Neil. Alex Neil will know him from Hamilton Aki's. Are people putting two and two together and maybe coming up with five? I don't know. Joseph Kelly, he'll help we all, managed to time my lunch break to catch the start. Superb. I'm delighted that people do that. I had a wee chat last night, JP, with um, Laura and Alan Morrison after the game talking to stats. Obviously, Alan's our resident um, stato. And uh, he's in his analytics. And we were talking about how Axom has obviously been running for over five years now. We go out every day on the, on the stream. Um, but during the lockdown, it was a completely different audience that we had because people were in the house, you know. And what we get now is maybe not as big a live audience. People catch up at night and all that. And I said, but it's one of the things, JP, that I don't watch Coronation Street anymore. But I would like to think that if I did fancy it at half seven on a night, I could switch it on and there it is. It would absolutely. It was like when you were talking about neighbours a couple of weeks ago. You want <laughs> it to. You want it to be there, right? <laughs> Sometimes you go through stages, you know, watching it. But that's what Axom's twelve thirty bulletin is. It's there for you whenever you need us, JP. We are going to be on uh, YouTube streaming away. Um, and you know what? I've not watched Corey for years or EastEnders. But I'd like to watch them at some point in the future. So hopefully they don't end. There's better better things than that to watch on telly. I've not had time, JP. I've got a list of stuff to watch. People keep adding TV series. I have to watch that Woodstock 99. I've not seen that yet. That's mental. I watched the first two episodes. And, you know, given the nature of my job, I can only imagine being in my job on that show, I, I think I would, uh, I might have ran a mile because it was just like the Limp Biscuit set where like people have like ripped down like sort of advertising boards and they're using them to crowd stuff. And then he crowd surfs on them as well. And 
it's kind of like well, the guy's got a song called Break Stuff and you know the, the, the whole audience there were just so charged towards causing absolute mayhem I mean the the, the crowd movement and all that is just aye, it's it's it's, it's absolutely well, and apparently it gets worse as you go through into episode three and four, where Red Hot Chili Peppers get asked to calm things down and then come back on stage and uh, cover um, "Fire" um, <laughs> by uh, Jimi Hendrix, and people start setting things on fire. Oh my goodness! Funny that. Eh? I'm going to. I'm. Looking forward to watching that. Um, my, my mind went back to Red in 2000. I've mentioned this, but I'll mention it because you're on the show. Because Celtic were playing Rangers and it was the 6 2 game, and I was at Red and Festival, which makes me a lesser Celtic fan than, than any other person who was there, 100%. But I was looking at the bill, JP, right? Because obviously you get the memories and they pop up. And I was looking at the bill for Red in 2000, and I, I was looking at the Saturday, it was a three day festival, and I said to my big brother who I was with, um, oh, that must have been the day Celtic were playing because I can't remember seeing any of those bands, any of them, mm-hmm. except for maybe Badly Drawn Boy. So we've obviously uh, disappeared at some point to find a pub in Reading. And then my big brother reminded me, no, nah, Celtic played on the day that we watched Rage Against Machine. So who knows what happened on Saturday? I've no idea. I remember the Friday vividly, Primal Scream, Oasis. And you know who I saw in the crowd at Super Furry Animals? Mikey Brennan. No, no, no. At Primal Scream with the Super Furry Animals. Mikey Brennan. Really? In the, cr- in the crowd. Them. I recognise them from, from um, the studio in Cowdenbeath. Amazing. Yep. Incredible, oh, eh? Yeah. Uh, he's, he's got some of the best stories going, by the way. Like, it's uh, he, g- genuinely an absolute legend. Uh, a, a good interviewee for a podcast. Oh, um, or even a book. Maybe under a pseudonym. To get the Aye. truth, the truth. Um, <laughs> Frank Kennedy we will be talking about the big Dane um, and Dr Nax you're prolific on the comments Haksabanovich looks ready made for sure I would like to say that I just thought there was an intent to, to his play last night he was very direct JP um, we've obviously you know there's been a few players we've brought in and the transfer fee does not tell you the full story so Joe Hack comes in as the goalie right and we paid little over one million quid for him. I think it was like one point one million for Joe Hart. Now the circumstances around him being available and the circumstances allowing Celtic to buy him um, are such that all the worlds have aligned, and we've managed to get the player for just over a million quid. JP, um, any one of those elements don't fit any place, and Celtic don't get that player. I think mm. the same happened with Matt O'Reilly, and uh, you know you look at the fee that we paid for Matt O'Reilly, which is just <laughs> astonishing. Um, Hatati, who I think. You know, there's even more to come from Atati, and we've paid just over a million quid for the guy. Unbelievable. Uh, Juranovic, 2.7. Where do you get a Juranovic for under 3 million? Unreal. Um, and then this this new player, Haksabanovic, 1.5 due to um, other issues, uh, other global issues. And it looks as though we're actually going to go for one of these uh, Ruben Kazan teammates and bring in Oliver Abelgaard as well and and I think that when you look at the, the scouting um, the speed at which we do our business the fact that often you only find out about the player within the days of him signing JP we are doing things so differently now under Ange Postacoglu um, and for me there's going to be a lot of players we didn't get and we just we won't know about them but one of the interesting things and I'm going to ask you about this that Alan Morrison said to me last night it got me thinking after the show he was talking about you know don't worry too much because obviously I've gone on about losing players in this this window and he was like don't worry too much about that because 
the way that Ange manages is that he's a system manager. So if one element is removed, he, he won't build his team around one player. So if one element of that system is removed, he will buy a player who fits that system. So there will always be a player that he will be able to identify that fits that system, who will have a set of uh, figures that will allow him. And obviously, he'll need to meet the criteria in terms of personality and character that Andrew's looking for. He said, so you don't want to lose Matt O'Reilly. You don't want to lose Juranovic. Absolutely not. Who would? However, if they do leave... Ange Postecoglou will find a replacement. And it filled me with a wee bit of confidence because you just never know in terms of the massive uh, money that, that might be on offer for some of these players, JP. It is still a slight concern until that transfer window slams shut, though. Um, do you think we'll get through it unscathed with outgoings? I mean, <clears throat> it seems that way. Um, there's not been any, like... I know there's been, like, the Man United links to O'Reilly, which seem to have come from... You know the Manchester Evening News, so it doesn't seem like it's come from nowhere. You know, at least it's like obviously close to the the source. Um, you know, you obviously keep an eye on Fabrizio Romano's output because he seems to be on the money and has been on the money with. I'm going to say a Bildegard because I've got very very limited Scandinavian knowledge, but I think it's a Bildegard. I, I just if somebody had. Than whatever if I was somebody, saying. If somebody has a scandal patter that they can correct me on that, that's fine. <laughs> um, so I. Uh, oh, I some, somebody will correct you, even if they don't, JP. Oh, somebody I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. The nature of the 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 beast, but um, I I think you know the, the camaraderie looks so great. I mean, even the McCarthy thing. Like I saw, I looked at McCarthy when he celebrated with Forrest last night after his goal. Who incidentally, I thought took his goal really well and looked good when he came on. Yeah. Um, again, people go, oh, it's only Ross County away. You can only play what's in front of you. And I do think James Forrest will come up. I, I never like making these big, bold predictions, but I do think James Forrest will come up with a big moment this season somewhere along down the line that will make a lot of people go, you know, maybe kind of backtrack a little bit on this Forrest is done pattern because I, yeah. I, I don't think he is done. You know, I mean... He had a big moment last season. He scored against St Johnston in the semi-final of the league. Oh, yeah. No, I know. You know? I know. I'm, I'm not saying that it's been ages since he's had a big yeah. moment, but I just I just think, uh, yeah, I think he's still got something to offer. I don't think that he would have been signed uh, on that contract. I don't think... It, put it this way, we're talking about sentiment and sympathy. I don't think James... Fo- it might, as well as... As much as it might look like he was given that contract to sympathy, I don't think it was. I don't think it was, oh, we'll just give you another deal because you've played at Celtic for so long. You know, Postacoglu said he likes to have people round about... God, my phone is going absolutely mental in my pocket, sorry. Um, <laughs> I think it's, it's playing haywire with your Wi-Fi uh, whenever you get your messages. Um, but he, he said he likes to have people round him. What the hell is going on, man? Like, have you just signed somebody? Uh, no, no. Just, I don't know. Um... The um, well, I've lost, I've lost my train of thought now because we're, we're talking Jamesy Forrest, and now you're talking I, sympathy and sentiment. Yeah, now, I mean he's not been saying sometimes. Say I'm over sentimental when it comes to Jamesy because I want to see him playing 500 games. He's no far off it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I want him to see him scoring 100 goals and getting 100 assists. 
you know, a lot of the stats have, have started trickling out. 14 consecutive seasons, he scored goals, he scored big goals. Mm-hmm. Um, unless he's got the ability, I wouldn't be saying that. I, I, I just, I wouldn't have someone at the club through sentimentality, right? Um, and I think that he's there, you know, on merit. I don't think we can call him injury prone because if he was injury prone, then those who work in the science team and fitness and conditioning, um, who I'm sure would have been spoken to before he, he was given a new extended deal, JP, wouldn't have ticked the boxes. They wouldn't have said that he's capable. I mean, yeah, mm. the last two seasons have been he's been hindered by injury. Uh, Alan pointed out last night that that and his age has probably slowed him down a bit. And mm. that's that's all to be expected. But I still think he can contribute. I think he's he's a good he's a yeah. good squad player to have. And 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 likewise McCarthy, I know he's not had anywhere near the game time that he probably would have wanted, but he looks to be a popular men- member of the squad as well. And I know it's not all about, you know, having, you know, sound people about the place that aren't going to kick the ball, but I think he can still play games as well. He looks he looks in good shape, you know, when he came he does, on. Yeah. Yeah. He does look like and I don't know, you just think about how much you would have to pay for somebody like that. And, I, yeah, I mean, with Liam Shaw, I know Liam Shaw's nowhere near the first team, but like he's obviously going to, I think, go out loan as well. Um, again, are we that, you know, um, you know, what's the word? Are we that full of choice in the midfield that we can let someone like McCarthy go? You know, I think it's, it's maybe the same sort of thing as, looking for an extra striker to play. If Jack Amakis was to get injured last night, you need a striker as backup. If yeah. one of the midfielders was to get injured, Hatate or whoever was to get injured, then you know who, who's gonna who's gonna step in. I know you've got Moy there as well, but we're gonna have a lot of games. Uh, we've progressed to the next round of the League Cup. We're in the Champions League. Obviously we'll be looking to go the distance in the Scottish Cup as well. And then you've got a busy calendar because of the World Cup, everything's yeah. kind of squashed, isn't it? So, mm. you know, the, the, like like Ange said, the emotional toil that that takes out of a player like these games, um, especially the Champions League as well, you you might be playing a player in a, champ, in a Champions League night and then that player doesn't play at the weekend, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, like you say, um, to have that, that depth of squad, it isn't about having a team that you play in the League Cup or a team, you know, in the cup competitions. It's just about prioritising. So what I think happened last night is is one of two things. He's prioritising, obviously, for the weekend, but um, he wants to get minutes and legs. So he wants Ralston so that, you know, if there's an injury, to Juranovic at any point. He won't be ring rusty. You can put Ralston in. I think we've seen it last season when he'd uh, been out for a few weeks, Ralston. He came back <coughs> in at Fur Park uh, and he wasn't great. And it's because, of, you know, you're in that groove, you're in that moment, there's a momentum there as well. And But you're just kind of off it a wee bit. And uh, in or- order for guys like him and Moy and probably Burnaby as well and others uh, to ensure that they can step in, you've got to give them games. Even Welsh. I thought Welsh came in last night and looked brilliant when you mm. consider that his last appearance was against Aberdeen in the opening day of the season a game in which he scores um, last night he hit the bar after how many minutes two minutes he's hit, he's hit the bar he almost scored his second goal in two appearances the we way that he was again, didn't we? we hit the bar twice twice in the first five minutes right. you know um, and I think Welsh every time he gets the ball he's always looking 
to do something um, positive. He's always looking for an offensive pass. He's not, never looking to pass it back. And if there's something not on, he seems to find himself a bit of room and he goes for a, a bit of a... And he, he makes up 10, 15, 20 yards and then he makes that he makes that pass. And I think that uh, Welsh is one of these guys that's often written off as well. Do we have an issue with homegrown players? Do they get a wee bit more stick than, than others? Maybe. Uh, in Mikey Johnson's case, I think it's down to performance. I don't think there's enough performances there um, to stand up for him now. And he will depart, but I don't think it'll be permanent. There's chat that he might end up going to Belgium. Was it this morning? There was there was chat that he was going to go to the club. Oh, that... Victoria Guimaraes, isn't it? Yeah. Is that who we signed um, Baldi from? Emido Baldi? Yeah. I can't remember, but I, I do remember. Did we not play Vittoria Guimaraes in a, a European game in the 90s? Did we? I'd need to check that, JP, because I, 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 all I'm thinking about is a story that Danny McGrain told me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, Danny, Danny's funny, isn't he? He's really, really dry, and he'll say things, and you're creasing up, and he doesn't understand why you think find it funny. But I was talking to him one night, and, and uh, the question came in, actually, from the audience. So whenever I do one of these... Uh, in conversation with so an audience with um, I never hand the mic out because by the second half of the night people have had a few sherbets in that JP so it can get a bit it can get a bit fruity out there Um, so you'll probably never get your mic back so what I ask people to do is just tweet with a hashtag and then we can check the tweets as they come in and obviously we can um, ignore the ones that that you cannot ask Danny McGrain in front of a live audience but there was this one that came in and it was uh, you've been a coach at Celtic since Vim Janssen took over 1997 Danny McGrain's been back at Celtic he's been at Celtic longer as a coach than he was as a player astonishing um, who's the worst player you've ever coached and everybody's shouting names and all the rest of it and he says oh Amido Baldy he, he wasn't a footballer um, he was absolutely <laughs> murder and he would do simple things like take him out at half time in front mm. of the goals JP and throw the ball at him and say just put it in the goal no goalkeeper just put it in the goal, son, and he couldn't hit the target. So, so Danny McGrain's um, scathing words on Amido Baldi. Hopefully, Amido's not watching this. Um, but if it was the nineteen eighties, I think Baldi would get into the not the view as the embarrass the hoops. According to Danny, mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. 
But the, uh, aye, Gr- Grimares, that was the team that we bought wonder, for a few minutes. We, we did play them 29th in September 1998. So it had been under Vengos. First round wow. of the UEFA Cup. 2-1 at Celtic Park, 2-1 away. We all remembered. No, no, no it's, not, it's not remembered. I looked it up. It's, uh, that's, Cel- that's, Celtic that's, Wiki. Aye, aye, that's not aye. Celtic Wiki, uh, the, the, the Celtic Bible online. Uh, I just knew from memory because that would have been my first European game as a season ticket holder. Because right. that was the season that I got my season ticket the first the first time, you know, like under Vengos. So I, um, but I, I mean, the, that's a good move for Mikey Johnston. I don't know how good they are as an outfit, but I mean, I'm sure, you know, playing and living in Portugal is, is not a bad place to go. You know, it's not as if he's going to, you know, the, the back of beyond or anything like that. It's a pretty nice country to live in and... You know, hopefully, it's certainly it not as bad as some of Ball and Goalie's loan moves before no, we managed to, to ship him out. That, you know, that's but, true. but I mean, hopefully, he just gets a run of games and like plays 20, 30 games for, for them and and proves what he can do because he's he's never had an opportunity to do that at Celtic. He's either been injured or he's just come up against uh, competition in front of him that he's got no chance of getting in, or he's been played in the wrong position, i.e., mm-hmm. up front at Ibrox when he was kind of. Not hung out to dry, but I mean, he's not a striker. Do you know what I mean? Like, what do you think? What do you think when you look at the departures, JP? Right, and you've got Mickey Johnson, who at some point was was deemed to be a, a hugely talented prospect, and and we mm. were quite excited about him. Uh, Karamoko Dembele, of course, uh, generational talent. Um, never really done it for Celtic, um, and and even you and Henderson, three guys who have come through the academy football, JP, who haven't done it at Celtic and whose Celtic careers seem to just taper off and they leave the building without much of a fanfare um, does it does it imply that there's a bigger issue under the surface with regards to developing young players I mean yeah because I mean there's been a lot of problems at Celtic in the last few years so that's probably one of them you know but Ange Postacoglu is slowly but surely, surely addressing you know everything at the club like you said earlier on he's becoming a manager of the club as a whole mm-hmm. so he's obviously his priority is the first team but I'm sure he's doing things behind the scenes to make sure that we do have you know well like say, the, the the B team playing the same system as the first team you know I mean I've been to one B team game can't claim to be an expert on the, the, the players there and in, in that squad and anything but if, if they're used to playing the system then it kind of makes sense that you would have you'd be able to go and pluck somebody from there at some point if needed, and drop them in in a game. You know, yeah. if, if you feel that they're they're good enough. Incidentally, Baldi did come from Vittoria Guimaraes. There you uh, go. You're right. But see, after he left Celtic, he played at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven clubs. After oh. Celtic, went to Vasiland Beveren on loan. Scored one goal. Then he went to Hapwell Tel Aviv on loan. Scored no, no goals. Mets, no goals. Benfica, Luanda, uh, five goals. Uh, Maritimo, no goals. Tondela, no goals. Kukesi, two goals. Al Nazir, no goals. Uh, Persebaya, five goals. PSM, which just seems like a made up club, uh, six, six goals and finished his career at Ho Chi Minh City and scored three goals. So, uh, a decorated career. 
<laughs> just a, a goal scoring machine. Um, what age? What age is he now? He's uh... he's not as old as you and me, is he? No, he's thirty one. Thirty one, and he's retired. Yeah, stopped playing two years ago. Big Baldy, if you're tuning in, do you fancy coming on for an interview? He does love chatter uh, on Twitter, though. I've seen him like getting involved, like when we right, when we're right. playing big games or whatever. He likes a wee pro Celtic uh, tweet, so we'll call him a cult hero. Um, he scored against Liverpool, did he not? He scored against <laughs> Liverpool on a friendly. Sure, I was going to say it wasn't comparatively. That's but, for but sure. Was that not done in Wembley or something? Anyway, I'd need to check the Bible, the Celtic Bible. Kevin Mullen, afternoon, lads. Big Ange is fast becoming my favourite second dad. He's the man, and Ange we trust. What a time to be a Celtic fan. Yeah, it is feeling good um, at this moment in time, and it doesn't look as though it's a flash in the pan. Frank Kennedy, what a great performance and result. Nine changes and still a comfortable win. Nine has become a feature. We score nine against Dundee United, we make nine changes, um, and it doesn't slow down. Blah, boy. If talking music, talk Paul Heaton. I've seen the beautiful South playing once. Uh, I'm sure it was at Tina Park back in the 90s. Um, and they were tremendous. I've always liked Paul Heaton's politics as well, JP. Is it somebody you've ever met? I think he's got a wee liking for Celtic. He does, I Well, I only know that from social media and all that, but I like that thing he did for his 50th birthday where he put oh, yeah. money behind all the bars, like our yep. select bars. So I think it was Sleazy's in Glasgow. And if you were quick off the mark and you could you could have a pint on him on his 50th birthday. Great idea. Really cool. uh, they're playing, him and Jackie Abbott are playing the Hydro. I think in December. I mean, that's pretty wild that they've got up to the hydro because they've kind of like, as mm-hmm. Paul Keaton and Jackie Abbott doing the songs of Beautiful South, obviously, they, they've kind of built up a live audience doing those shows and they've now got to hydro level, which is uh, pretty impressive, you know. And there is another uh, sort of breakaway group that do the music of Beautiful South, which is like... Right you know, like the other members. So it's kind of like one of these, you know, uh, UB40 scenarios where you've got mm. two bands doing the same thing, but obviously everybody wants to hear the original voices. of. It's a of, shame. It's like New Order, isn't it? Oh, look out there yeah. doing the New Order thing and New Order still exists. Yeah, um, that's weird. You just want them all on the same stage, man. Aye, definitely. Yeah. Come definitely. together, shake hands, get back on the stage. <coughs> Hopefully yeah. it'll happen one day, but it yeah. doesn't look from Liam the Liam and Noel, it doesn't look as though that's happening now. Big Liam's saying, no, nah, he's not interested anymore. That's reverse psychology, isn't it? I'm kind of of the feeling that I don't know if I do want it to happen now, to be honest. Uh... Well, you see the thing, JP, right? When it was the Stone Roses, the reason I wanted it to happen was because I was too young to see them the first time round. Yeah. But with Oasis, I grew up with Oasis. I've seen them various times. So I've, I don't have the same appetite. But I understand younger fans who do. Because I was the same with the Stone Roses. And I'd be the same with the Smiths, although that's never going to happen either. Well, I was talking about this in the car and the Arctic Monkeys. You know, the Arctic Monkeys audience isn't just all the people that were into them first time round. They've got, like, young folk that have got into Arctic Monkeys probably because of their mums and dads, and which is terrifying. But I know, I know. Um, and uh, yeah, so like they, they are maybe big brothers and sisters as well. So they, they've got a, a, an, an ability to play to a massive crowd of people because they've recycled their audience, which is the key thing to do if you're a musician. If you can get that kind of buy in from a, a next generation, which is what Liam's done with his solo shows, it's not all, mm. you know, it's not all guys with, 
you know, Liam Gallagher cuts that are cutting about. I mean, there's a lot of them, but um, there's not all what, of them. What do they call them? Well ends? Well ends are, my mate Vic calls them a, a cross between a Ned and a Mod, so a Nod. Uh, that which works. Is inventive. Um, so I, you're not going to, it's not all with folk like that, you know, it's there's like, you know, teenagers and all sorts that are at a Liam Gallagher gig nowadays. So that's the key, isn't it? It's, that's, that's how you make your money. Yeah, but for anyone who is sitting there with a Liam Gallagher-esque hairdo and wearing bowling shoes, you are welcome on Axom. I mean, we are a, a podcast for all, open to all. Brown Warrior, Jane Scott Pelters, this is the last talking point I wanted to uh, bring up with you, JP. He got Pelters for the goal last night for not picking up his runner, fair enough. But Starfield failed to track a ball. That tra- that, that is a big that's a big free kick, 600 yards, and clear <laughs> the danger, leaving himself totally out job. I think it was meant to be 60 yards, but we no. get your point, Brown Warrior. Thanks for coming in because it is the final point. Uh, there was that one moment last night, which, you know, if we're going to pick away the bones of the, the, the victory, that's the one point that you thought, wow, we were exposed with just a big hoof up the park, mm. JP. Um, and it basically begs the question, who starts in the centre half? Because you quite rightly said at the very top of the show that was Welsh and Jens for the first time. All four players, Jens, Welsh, Carter, Vickers, Starfelt, have all played with each other. Am I right in saying that? Starfelt, yeah, Starfelt comes on and plays with Jens. So they've all played with each other. Um, and the question is who partners Carter, Vickers against Rangers? I mean, it surely will be Starfelt. There's, I, I don't think... I mean, Starfelt came in and started on Sunday, right, against United. It was Carter, Vickers and Starfelt yes. on Sunday? Yes, it was, I. So you'd, you'd think... Going by that logic that they'll be they'll be playing on Saturday, I would have expected, I would have expected them to play on Saturday regardless who we were playing. To be honest, you know, just to reinforce that partnership ahead of ahead of Tuesday. I can't even believe the next time that I speak to you, we'll we'll have played Rangers in the league and Real Madrid in the Champions. We will have a few things to talk about. Uh, that, <laughs> that is for sure. That is for the, certain. The, the other thing from that Ange Postacoglu interview as well with the Cypheri and that he talked, it was this before the Champions League draw and they asked him if he had any European teams that he'd kind of been interested in when he was younger and he said Liverpool, but he said his dad was big on Real Madrid and therefore mm. because of his dad, he in turn liked Real Madrid as well. And so, I mean, I can only imagine how he felt, you know, I know he's quite an emotional guy and, is kind of in football because of his dad. Um, and so to get Real Madrid in the draw, you know, you, you, you can't get away from the fact that this is a guy that hasn't managed in that competition before, has never had the opportunity to, you know, be in amongst clubs like that, like getting to go to the Bernabeu as a manager of a, of a football club, you know, big. I, I love that. I love that because that is sentiment, right? But I also love the fact that obviously Puskas played a massive part in Aspostakoglu's mm-hmm. managerial um, development as well. So the Real Madrid thing, it was written in the stars, but uh, Sean comes in to remind us that Baldi scored the winner against Brendan Rodgers' Liverpool in Dublin. That's exactly what it was. I said Wembley, right. I was wrong. It makes, uh, you know, it makes sense. It was in that Dublin uh, get-together between Celtic and Liverpool. Strange love the doctor. I was in the Stone Roses place in York the other day. I've never been there, actually. Um, but I would like to I would like to visit and feed the bear has anyone seen the Australian Pink Floyd yes well JP you, you will have done without a, you know the best tribute band name I've ever seen the Red Zeppelin right they're a reggae Led Zeppelin tribute band 
Dread Zeppelin. Check them out on YouTube. Led Astray are a good one as well. They're a West Lothian based uh, Led Zeppelin tribute band. Led Astray, or as they jokingly name themselves, Led Ashtray. Um, but uh, I, Australian Pink Floyd, unbelievable. Like I saw them at the Liquid Room in Edinburgh. So just when they were starting to sort of gain traction, and then they played Dave Gilmore's birthday party in his back garden, and he wow. sang with them. Like, and they've also got a bunch of original Pink Floyd gear, like some lasers and lighting and all that. And now, now they're like hydro level. They play quite comfortably. Play the hydro, and I this the, I mean they're, they're all at the top of their game uh, in terms of musicianship. And the guy that sings nails it as both Roger Waters and uh, and Dave Gilmore. So yes, I have seen the Australian Pink Floyd and would. Heartily recommend them to anybody who is a fan of said band. Saw the original Floyd as well at Hyde Park and Live Eight for the Live Eight Festival. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Aye, that was that's in my top ten. They only played four songs, but it's in my top ten. And Roger Waters is also sympathetic to Celtic. So there you go. We've yeah, tied man. it right back into mm. having a Celtic state of mind. It's always <laughs> an absolute pleasure. If you haven't already done so, subscribe to our channel on YouTube. It is growing. Um, if you want to support what a Celtic state of mind does, then buy some merch like this tracksuit top behind me. Uh, the link is underneath the video. And also, you can vote for us at this year's uh, Football Content Awards. We have won how many? Four? We've won four, we've been nominated for five. We've been a finalist on five occasions and we're going this time for video content creators. So get voting for Axom. Give us a wee night out down in Manchester, JP. And, it's in Manchester, uh, is it? It's in Manchester this year, nice. yeah. Um, it was in Ali Pali, which was the scene of the Stone Roses' famous gig the first time we went down. And then last year it was down in London, which is also where Ali Pali was. But this time it's Manchester. So brilliant. Um, give us a wee vote. And uh, we'll keep doing what we're doing. Thank you, everybody, for getting involved. And thank you once again, JP Mason, for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. 
Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.